0: Hey, what's good, my amazing friends? This is Sarah Amazing Grace, and you are listening to The Remedy. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another week. Oh, man, I hope that you guys have had a good week. I hope that uh, life is just rolling along. And uh, if you're dealing with incredibly hard stuff right now, man, I pray that the Lord is everything to you that you need and that you feel him closer than your own breath. And if right now you are dealing with something in your life that is fantastic and you feel like you are just being rained blessings upon, man, I just, in that spot that you're in, I pray that you would feel that, that you would receive it, and that, that you would be renewed by it. I'm so grateful for the times in the valley, although, oh gosh, it's so hard. But I'm also so grateful for those times in life where the blessings rain down so that uh, you can just take a breath and be healed and 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 be edified and, you know, sitting at that banquet table. All of it is necessary. And I just want to tell you guys that, that I'm so grateful for you. All right. So today, uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to uh, let you in on a little insider joke uh, between me and my husband. <laughs> We have this saying, and I don't know. So I was born in the mid to late 70s, my husband too. And we grew up with, uh, there was a commercial for this certain uh, type of cereal. And it's called shredded wheat. I think it's something uh, shredded biscuits or wheat biscuits or wheat bix, I think, or something like that. There's a whole bunch of different names for this same shredded, terrible cereal that looks like little pieces of hay. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had this Weebix or something like that. I think they call it in, in Australia and in England. Anyway, in the United States it's called shredded wheat. And it's it's awful. And if you like it, you know, my heart goes out to you because there's so many better things to eat. But anyway, um, there was this whole ad campaign, and I think it's because you know, after a while, people realized, Oh, my God, this is terrible. And people stopped buying it, you know, because I mean, who wouldn't rather have pancakes for breakfast or, you know, toast and eggs than, you know, a, a stack of dry hay in your cereal bowl with milk on it. You know what I mean? So anyway, there was this whole ad campaign about this cereal. And in the United States, we had shredded wheat, which was just this one big rectangular block. But then, I think that maybe they tried to make it fun. So they made it smaller, and they called it mini wheats. And uh, they were like more of like a bite size thing. So you didn't have this one big block of hay, you had little tiny squares of hay. (laughs) And you know, I don't know, that probably didn't go over real well. Because you know, again, it was just crunchy, you know, hay dirt in your bowl. (laughs) So what we did here is that they frosted one of the sides, it was like this hard, crunchy, it wasn't like a frosting like a cake, but Essentially, it was just crystallized sugar that was on one side of this this shredded, you know, hay clump. <laughs> so they dipped a half of it in sugar to make it more palatable so that they could sell more of these, you know, wheat biscuits. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so they had this whole campaign that was like, you know, like, hey, this cereal, it's not as disgusting as it really is. And okay, if you put milk on it, Yeah, it gets super soggy. um, But if you have this, you know, this frosted side, then the milk is sweet because as it melts down into your, you know, disgusting, you know, weedy, you know, fiber cereal. Well, then the milk is sweet because, you know, the frosting has made the milk sweet. And, you know, maybe that (laughs) that campaign didn't go over super well. Anyway, I don't know. Again, if you like them, I'm not bagging on you. I mean, I'm a little bit chubby, and maybe it, that's the reason why is because I don't like shredded wheat. I would much rather have a a croissant, or I mean, I mean to be truthful, uh, mostly I eat Ezekiel four nine bread with avocado on it for breakfast. <laughs> but but anyway, I'd rather have Ezekiel four nine bread all day long than shredded wheat. Anyway, so they had this commercial campaign to try and make this cereal more palatable, and and not just palatable to adults, but they wanted to attract the children's crowd, too, right? so like on Saturday morning cartoons to y'all who don't know about Saturday morning cartoons back in the day, us old people we had we didn't have cartoons all week long, uh you know on every channel. we had a few channels that had cartoons on Saturday morning, and oftentimes our parents would want to sleep in and so they would buy a cereal as kind of a bribe to you know not bother them, and we could pour you know our cereal and growing up for me. My parents were hippies, and um, we got to pick out a sugar cereal once a year. So, I mean, I think that's probably why I, you know, hated um, shredded wheat so much, because it was kind of like the only cereal that we got. And uh, occasionally, we would get raisin bran, you know, and raisin bran was like super sugary. And uh, most of the time, we had grape nuts. And so, (laughs) anyway, anyway... Um, on Saturday morning, I think they were trying to like, you know, entice children to come and eat this, you know, they would have this commercial and the commercial was, you know, this staunch adult who was like, well, the, the wheat side of me, you know, the, the mature side of me says that, you know, we should mow the grass on a Saturday morning and do yard work and then and then it would be like this kid and he would be like in the super uh, being swallowed up by the old man, you know, the older guy's clothes, you know, but wearing the same clothes and be like, but the kid side of me says, let's go to Disneyland or whatever, you know. Like there was always like the, but the frosted side of me says to let's do the thing that's not mature, and the the wheat side of me says to do the mature thing. And so, <laughs> in in our life, <laughs> growing up as zillennials I think it's called, or what's the, uh, we're we're like Generation X, but. Also on that cusp of millennial is our age. I can't remember. I think it's called Zillennials, but I don't exactly know. Anyway, who cares? Who cares Whoever coined that ridiculousness? But anyway, so we, my husband and I, you know, when we're feisty or when we're like, oh man, I know I should do this, you know, some, some, you know, spiritual thing. We usually attribute it to something spiritual. You know, oh my gosh, I know that Jesus wants me to say this, but the frosted side of me, Wants to flip that person off, or the frosted side of me has a four-letter explicitive that I would love to give that person. But, but what would Jesus do? Jesus would have the have the unfrosted mini wheats anyway. Not really what Jesus has is so much more than that. But to us, that's our inside joke. But sometimes, you guys, ugh, I am not perfect. I, you know, I'm just going to be real. What's up? I am not perfect, and sometimes. Uh, that unrefined childish side, that petty side, it gets the better of me. Uh, anyway, I'm successful maybe 80% of the time, but that 20%, dang, Gina. Yeah, you better watch out. <laughs> anyway, I'm just being real. I'm just being real. But anyway, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I'm not really. <laughs> I mean, I am not Mod Flanders, you guys. I am not Bethmore perfect. My hair is in a perfect little, you know, coughed uh, little hairdo and you know, coming home from church to go cook myself a pot roast. That ain't me. I love Jesus with all of my heart, my soul, my mind, and I am a lump of clay in the potter's hands, and oh my gosh, I strive for an audience of one. I strive to please an audience of one every single day, but I ain't perfect. I mean I I probably hit the mark about of the time, but uh, catch me on that 20%. Catch me outside. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Anyway, I desperately need Jesus every day and in every way, you guys. It is the blood of the lamb that washes me. And I, Sarah, I am a constant work in the hands of the one who created me. You know what I'm saying? And I know that you are too. I know that you are too. I know that you're not perfect because none of us are, you know? And man, I know you can relate. I know you can relate to having that frosted side. We can be petty. I mean, we can be nasty. When when I'm tired, when I'm hungry, when I'm hormonal, you know what I mean? When I'm just being a human. Man, if you catch me in that moment, and when I am not tapped into that spiritual download, when I am not tapped into my spiritual side, ugh you're going to catch an unholy frosted mini-wheat moment. I'm just going to be real. The only thing, the only thing that makes any difference is the daily choice to pick up my cross and follow Christ. <sighs> Man, I can get gangsta. Hardcore. And that's, that's what I, that is my default. My default isn't to be kind and nice and generous and loving and, and not cuss you out from one side to the other. Man, I... My default is to stub my toe and a four-letter word slips out. I'm just being real. I'm just being real with you. But my daily choice, I i make a daily choice, you guys, to do what pleases the heart of God. Because I live to please God every day. Not to please myself, and not to please you, but to please God. Living to please God is a choice. And, you know, coming to the Lord... Coming to Jesus, giving your life to the Lord. You guys, it is not a fairy tale Cinderella moment with a fairy godmother that when you surrender to your life to Christ, all of a sudden, Bring! and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my goodness, I'm so spiritual and I'm so righteous and 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 nothing ever bad comes into my heart. That ain't true. That wasn't true for Paul. That wasn't true for Peter. It wasn't true for James or John. It's not true for anybody. There was no, you know, alacadullah, la baba boo, la bippity boppity boo moment. There isn't. When you come to the Lord, your life is changed forever. But not because everything is going to be smooth and all of a sudden all of the bad thoughts and the hard part inside of you is completely changed. No. Trials are going to come, testing is going to come. And hey, the enemy attacks, now they're really going to come into your life. Why? Because they want you to turn back to your former life. They want you lost in the delusion. They don't want you awake. They don't want you knowing that you are saved from the destruction that was meant for them. The destruction that was meant for them is not for you. That's why Jesus came. He came to be your Savior, to save you from what was meant for the evil ones, not you. They're going to try and throw anything at you to try and turn you back to your former life. That struggle, that struggle doesn't go away. But when you surrender to the Lord and Jesus meets you right where you're at, when you have that encounter, what's changed is your heart's desire. You now want to live to please that audience of one. You know what I mean? I, I mean, and not in a religious kind of way. Not in a fear and guilt and oh, don't do this or the sky daddy's going to drop a shoe on you, you know what I mean? I mean Uh, We've talked about this in in other podcasts, that I have endured some pretty crazy stuff in my life that I have survived, that God has allowed me to survive. And in future podcasts, I'll go into those. I don't want to just, you know, hit you guys with crazy things that have happened in my life because A, um, I don't want it to be a pity party all about me by any means, because it ain't about me. I want to point you to the King of Kings, but I want you to know that there's been some really hard stuff that has happened in in my life. And that, that I have kind of a post-traumatic stress thought of like waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I think that we talked about this, um, uh, that, you know, uh, going into Marshalls or Ross, you know, and you see those, you know, cute little canvases with, you know, faith, hope and love, you know, that you hang on your wall of your dining room. But I need one that just says, you know, just waiting for the other shoe to drop because that's that's kind of how my my mind works. But anyway, not in a guilt way or like another shoe's going to drop way if you don't if you don't obey God, another shoe's going to drop on you. That is not anything how God is. And I'm sure that you've heard like the cheesy like being a Christian isn't a religion, it's a relationship. You know what I mean? And sadly, even religious leaders and 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 religiosity has kind of snagged that. That saying is true. But, but religion has kind of snagged that and then tried to use that to even manipulate people. It's crazy what people try and do. But anyway, people will continue to be people <laughs> It's just the way it is. But anyway, the sentiment is true that being a Christian isn't a religion. It's a relationship. And when you're in a relationship, you do things for them because you love them, because you don't want to hurt them. The Bible says in John, 1 John chapter 4 verse 19 it says that we love him because he first loved us who in your life do you love is it your mom is it your dad is it your spouse i mean is it is it your best friend or maybe it's your kids who do you love so much in this life i mean you could choose to get up every morning and get wasted and go cheat on your spouse and nothing's stopping you nothing's stopping you from going and and uh harming your kids are doing something bad. I mean, nothing is actually stopping you from doing that. It, well, maybe the law. But the reason that you don't do those things is because you love your, your children. You love your spouse. You don't want to hurt them. I don't want to do anything that hurts them. My best friend is Carrie. I love her. I don't want to go over to her house and, and, and say horrible things to her or do things that I know that hurt her. Why? Because I love Carrie. And I want to I want to do things that edify and lift her up, not because I feel guilty or because I feel an obligation. I do it because I love her. You know, I'm married to Eric. We've been married for creeping up to 20 years, 20 years. So amazing. We've been together for over 20 years. And I don't not go out and, and do things because, oh, my gosh, what a heavy and I'm under this heavy yoke. No, the Lord breaks the heavy yoke, you guys. There isn't a heavy yoke. You do it because he loves you. I don't want to hurt Eric because I love him. I love my husband so deeply and dearly that what I want to do is bring him love. And and it's the same with my relationship with Jesus. And so when people say, well, you know, being with Jesus isn't a religion. Being with Jesus is out of love. And it's absolutely true. It's a relationship. The thing about it is that those spiritually mature moments where you start leaving the frosted side behind, it isn't because the frosted side isn't there anymore. Coming to the Lord isn't some magic moment where the frosted side disappears. It means that then you choose, you choose to exercise self-control. You choose to show love and kindness. And, you know, occasionally on your, you know, spiritual side, you might get a little blob of uh, selfishness frosting peeking through. Sometimes a dot of frosting ends up on that mature side. But you don't go full frosted. And if you do go full frosted, you know, you repent and, you know, you write, write that ship again. Why? Because you pick up your cross and you follow the Lord because you love Him. We're going to be in the book of Galatians today, you guys. And this Galatians 5.17 says that the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. (laughs) Again, it's that frosted side versus whoop, flip it around and it's, hey, it's the spiritual side. Those two forces are constantly fighting each other, Galatians says, so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. The frosted side, it's always there. I mean, it is there until that day that we are called home into perfection, into the perfection of heaven where the Father is. But for now, we have a frosted side and that mature spiritual side, and those guys, they battle. And those who, Galatians five twenty four and 25 says that those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and the desires of their sinful nature to the cross, and it was crucified with him there. And since we're living by the Spirit, Let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. In every part of our lives, Galatians kind of goes into, and I'm not going to talk about every sin, guys, you know, but it talks about envy and drunkenness, wild parties and other sins, sexual nature. Anyone that lives that sort of life, they won't inherit the kingdom of God. That living for yourself life, that's no good. You're not going to make it to a relationship. With somebody if you're doing things that hurt their heart. You know what I mean? But the Holy Spirit produces what? What kind of fruit in our life does the Holy Spirit produce? And that fruit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Those are the fruits that the Holy Spirit produces. That's the spiritually mature side, right? And how can we strengthen ourselves To ensure that the frosted side doesn't always win. You know what I mean? Because that frosted side is there. And like I said, most of the time, 85, maybe 90% of the time, boy, that spiritual side wins. But man, uh, if I'm in a weak state, cash me outside. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But how can we strengthen ourselves to ensure that that frosted side doesn't win? How that sin nature doesn't win? Well, you guys, that takes a choice. It takes a choice. It doesn't just happen. I've talked to people, and I'm sure you've heard people say, well, that's just who I am. Like, no, that's who you were before Christ. That ain't who you are now. That's someone that, you know, that's just somebody that I used to know. You know what I mean? That's someone that you used to know. And yeah, sometimes you fall back, and it's like, no, I'm not going that way. I'm not going that way. There's an old Cherokee uh, proverb that um, I, I'm sure that you guys have heard, and I'll just kind of run through it real quick. But it talks about that an old Cherokee woman gazed at her grandson and recognized that the boy had a battle going on him, uh, inside himself. She said, My son, the battle within you is between two wolves, and one wolf is evil it's anger, envy, sorrow, regret, greed, arrogance, self pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies. False pride, superiority, ego. That's the frosted side. You know what I'm saying? But that other wolf, that other wolf is the good wolf. And that's joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Doesn't that sound like the Holy Spirit? The grandson thought about it for a minute and asked his grandmother, which wolf wins? The grandmother replied, the one that you feed. Which one are you feeding, you guys? If we set up camp on the frosted side, it feels good initially, but you know what? Eventually your teeth are going to rot out. Your guts are going to rot out. You're going to have a disease rotted body. You know, sugar and candy. I like it. It's delicious. I ain't going to lie, but it feels good in a moment. But over time, it destroys everything. And the Lord doesn't want that for you. He doesn't want that for me, for your life, for your talents, your gifts, your family, your friends, your relationship, your work life to be destroyed because of your own selfishness. No, that's totally not what the Lord has. But how can we feed that good wolf? You know what I mean? What is it that we can do? Well, first of all, every choice that you make, when you come to that, what am I going to do? Uh that okay, that's just somebody that I used to know, I'm making the choice to do good to be on that spiritually mature side. Look at your time throughout the day. How is it spent? Is it on your phone? I mean, are you, uh, you know, in your Oculus metaverse world? Or are you spending so much time at the gym or taking care of everyone but yourself? That's a big one that a lot of us fall into. We think, oh, but I am doing good. I'm so drained, but I'm doing everything for everyone else. But you're so drained that then you sink into the frosted side late at night. How do you unwind? You're getting drunk. You're not pouring into your marriage. You're, you're not pouring into yourself. It's because that you are taking care of everyone and everything else, but you and your relationship with the Lord, which should come first. Or maybe your boss demands so much of your time that you just don't have any time to feed that spiritual. And so what the, the fleshly kicks in because it's the easiest. It's the easiest fallback. Today, you've taken about 20 minutes or so, and you've listened to the remedy. That's a way to feed your spiritual. That's a way to feed that, that good side. That's feeding it. Take a moment to read the Word of God. Just a chapter. You can read a chapter a day. Or maybe you only have time for a verse of the day. I, I get it. Our days are packed. But maybe you know, if, if you have the version app on your phone, every day it gives you a daily scripture. Chew on that little morsel. And that little morsel will lead you to wanting more, more more morsels. I promise you that. Maybe on your way to work as you're driving in, instead of listening to that morning show that, yeah, okay, it's funny and it's a bit off color. Maybe tune into your local worship station and on your way into the office, you start worshiping the Lord and taking those times in the car as a time between you and the Lord to feed that spiritual side. I mean, these are just suggestions, but each morsel that you're feeding to your spiritual side is growing stronger and stronger. Each time you choose to make that righteous choice, the good part becomes stronger and the frosting becomes weaker and less easy to fall back on. When you choose to do the things that please God's heart, it becomes a healthy, heart-healthy practice. And just like that, (laughs) the shredded wheat wins. (laughs) Heart healthy. (laughs) Anyway, keep feeding the good wolf, my friends. Darkness is all around, and the good fight, I promise you, you guys, it is worth the effort to make that choice to feed the good wolf. I promise you. I love you guys. See you next week. Peace. Hey, hey hey, thanks for tuning in. If you like what you've heard, don't forget to subscribe. New shows coming at you each week. If you have a question or a comment, send them to Ask Sarah Grace at gmail.com. Catch you on the flip side.